welcome back to another episode of Page 8 brought to you by the Auburn Plainsman. I'm your host Kristen Carr and I'm so excited to be back with you guys this week. Um, we are going to be talking about baseball's trip to Starkville and then gymnastics finishing fourth in the NCAA tournament and um, to start we're going to talk about baseball and we have Dylan Fox on today and he's really become our resident expert on all things baseball. I just, I just like watching it. I'm, <laughs> I'm no expert. I just like watching baseball for sure. But Sally, you are graduating, um, so we're going to be losing you, which is I know. Really it's really sad. sad. I will still be watching Auburn baseball. <laughs> I'll, just be, I'll just be yelling a little louder All right. For, from the stands, for sure. Okay, so let's get into it. Um, Auburn did lose the series to Mississippi State this weekend, um, but they did manage to pull off a win in the closing game after an unbelievable throw by Bryson Ware um, to get that last out. So if you had to summarize um, sort of Auburn's performance this week in one word or one sentence out, what would that be? Polarity. I've, I've said this before. Polarity. Especially when you look at Butch Thompson, uh, because Butch Thompson, you know, my, my kind of philosophy is that managerial decisions shouldn't be making news. Like if, if managerial decisions, you know, something coming from the dugout makes the news, it's generally a bad thing. And I think on Friday... Friday, I think Butch Butch's decision in the final inning is is what lost in that game. In in pro baseball, they have this statistic called WAR, wins above replacement. And if they had that for coaches, I think I would give negative one WAR for for Butch uh, in that game right there, because the two intentional walks in that inning. I understand they had to get two outs, but you put Burkhalter and he put Burkhalter in a position to where he had no margin for error. And you have to allow Burkhalter to go play his game organically. And I don't think Butch, with the two intentional walks, allowed him to do that. But on the flip side, on Sunday, he made a great coaching decision by putting Brooks Carlton in, uh, or Carlson in, uh, it's, uh, in place of Ryan Dahl when they switched hands. Uh, uh, they brought a lefty in. Mississippi State brought a lefty in. Put Brooks Carlson in immediately. And he came up with a huge hit that ended up being a game winner. Yeah, and I want to talk a little bit about um, the offense this weekend. We saw them um, do okay in that first game. I would say that was probably their better showing. And then really struggled um, in the last two games. Uh, even though they did win that third game, I, I felt that the offense really needed um, – it wasn't doing very well. And so if you are, you know, coming from that coach's perspective, how do you troubleshoot that and sort of get over that hump? Well, it, it, the first thing to talk about is Mississippi State. I, I know you have a soft spot for the Bulldogs, and I, you know, looking at their arms, even though they lost a few, they are still the defending champions. Like they have a variety of arms that they can throw, and uh, variety is actually the perfect word because they don't just have guys. You know, a lot, a lot of colleges will recruit guys uh, that fit a certain mold, and Mississippi State doesn't do that. They don't have you know That's just so flamethrowers. They don't just have. Uh, you know, uh, sinker ballers. They have a huge variety of arms to come at you in different ways. And I think that pitching, you know, philosophy that the Bulldogs have, uh, it's, I mean, we've seen it back when Butch was their pitching coach. And uh, we've seen MLB players come out of that. Brandon Woodruff, who was one of the best pitchers in the MLB, uh, you know, comes in from that program. So Mississippi State has a long history of arms, but if you're going to point fingers, it has to be outside the top three. The top three of, of Rambush, Howell and Deshara, Sonny D. I mean, that they've done all they could this season. It's time for the rest of that lineup to stand, uh, to you know, p- 
pick pick up their weight. And Brody Moore, Cole Foster's been hitting well, but as you go further and further down the lineup, I, I think that's where a lot of the drop off in production you start to see that. Yeah, I agree. I think you know you can't have just the first three carrying the team if you want to you know actually get hits and get those runs in. I mean you can't just run off of three people. Mm. It's just not possible. And I totally agree with what you were saying about just the variety of the pitchers that come from Mississippi State. A lot of times they do, you know, if you're not familiar with Mississippi State baseball, they love to find people that have these really weird, unique um, ways that they pitch. And it really throws off um, their opponent's offense. And I think that happened a little bit this weekend and maybe attributed to some of the offensive struggles. But... um, I also want to talk about the pitching for Auburn, too. Um, and I felt like Joe Gonzalez had a really nice performance, um, which really, you know, if you look at him this season versus last season, mm-hmm. I remember when, I mean, he was struggling to throw a strike at all. Yes. And it's incredible to me to see the the growth. And, I mean, it's not it's far from perfect, but I felt like he did a pretty good job. Yeah, come, coming into you know, his freshman year, he, he was a freshman that started SEC games, which is obviously a struggle. Uh, you know, he's he's from Puerto Rico. He went to high school. I can't remember where he went to high school from, just off the top of my head. But he, uh, you know, when I when I saw him first, I, I saw the you know big fastball, mid nineties fastball, and then a huge breaking ball, a slurve. And I, I'm thinking, okay, this guy is going to be coming out of the bullpen his freshman year. He's going to be he's going to be throwing a lot of uh, breaking balls. He's going to be th- um, striking out a lot of hitters, but he's probably going to walk a few guys. He turned a Complete 180. He only throws strikes. I remember at one point in the Vandy game that I went and saw, he had something like 30-something strikes and seven balls uh, through uh, three or four innings. He is a pure zone filler, and it's it's a lot of fun to watch. I really like those guys. Dallas Keuchel is, is one of my favorite. When he's on, is one of my favorite players to watch. Robbie Ray is another. Uh, you know the guys who fill up the strike zone. They challenge you. Lance Lynn is another great example. Uh, guys that you will fill up the strike zone and say, "Hey, come hit this." And he doesn't get a lot of strikeouts. I think uh, in his complete game, I think he might have had like six or seven, which over nine innings really isn't that much. But uh, when you're talking about a guy who can absolutely chew through innings, save arms in the bullpen. And he only allowed uh, was it two or three earned runs in the Mississippi State game Sunday. Uh, that's that's an incredible performance, and uh, a lot of a lot of you might be Braves fans might remember what Greg Maddox could do for that team. That's what Joseph Gonzalez is doing. Yeah, and I think um, we can't talk about Mississippi State without talking about the environment um, and the the just the atmosphere that they create there. And I. I would say it's probably one of the hardest places to play college baseball. Um, And if you look at the attendance um, at Duty Noble, they had between 10,000 and 13,000 people pick your game this weekend, which is incredible. Across Um, the entire weekend, yeah. With with horrible weather, by the way. Oh, yeah, no, not fun weather either, yeah. And it's incredible. Like, I, um, that fan base is, is fantastic when it comes to baseball. And I, it's, to me, you know, I know that Mississippi State has struggled a bit um, at the beginning of this season, and um, they did lose some guys, so that you know that's part of it. But um, they are still, like you said, defending national champs, so um, you know it's a hard place to play. And for Auburn to pull off that win um, 
I felt like was a really nice showing for them. Yeah, 100%. I like how you said atmosphere because when you think of, the, when you said the word atmosphere, you're, you're thinking about the crowd and they certainly are a huge factor. Uh, I mean, they love their baseball down in Stark, Starkville. Uh, but when, when Butch Thompson hears atmosphere, he'll start talking about the winds outside the stadium and how he adjusts his, his strategy based on the winds and, uh, you know, where they're blowing. So he'll, he'll put, you know, these kind of hitters in and certain situations. And, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of the nerd that, that Butch is. But I, I think if you ask all of the players on that team that, that went out there and played, uh, that's the first thing that they'll talk about is, uh, you know, the, the, all the fans right in their ear every time they're trying to hit. Yeah, and you have that um, infamous left field lounge, mm -hmm. um, which is they always have some noise coming from over that direction. Yeah, Case and Howell had plenty of fun, according to Instagram, on with, with those guys. So <laughs> I, I'm sure I'm sure uh, I'm sure he was he's looking forward to uh, you know coming back home this week. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so next up, I'm going to be breaking down gymnastics' historic trip to Texas for the national championship. Stay tuned. Hey, this is Collins Keith, podcast writer for The Plainsman. If you like this podcast and would like to support the organization and our team, you can visit our website at theplainsman.com and click on the button in the upper right-hand corner that says Donate. You'll be supporting over 127 years of local, editorially independent journalism right here at Auburn. Thank you so much in advance, and now back to the show. All right, so picking up where we left off, um, we're going to be going into gymnastics, and Auburn made it to the Final Four and the championship meet on Saturday. And while they did finish fourth in the competition this season, um, it was really one for the history books. Um, Auburn gymnastics has never made it to the Final Four um, within the current rules that they have right now. And um, you have seniors and super seniors like Darion Goburn and Drew Watson they got to live out a dream that they have been chasing their entire careers. Um, they said it at the beginning of the season, we want to be a Final Four team, that's the goal, um, and they accomplished it. And um, it's quite impressive. They started out, um, just to sort of review, for those of you who weren't able to watch, um, they started out on, I would say, arguably their best rotation on bars and um, did pretty solidly. Um, their beam rotation, which is usually really good, um, did not go as well as it could have. And I think that's really what sort of set them behind, um, really for the rest of the meet. But, you know, they had some wobbles and some moments where things just weren't quite as, um, as fluid and clean and sharp as they could have been. And when you combine that with some harsher judging and, um, you know, when you're at this level, and you're vying for a national championship, that judging is going to be more, it's just going to be more difficult. And um, when you put those two things together, there's just no kind of coming back from the, some of the scores that they were getting. And usually, you know, what you want to see with this kind of competition at this level um, are mostly 9.9s or 9.9s. And this competition is just so steep. You really can't afford to get much lower than that if you want to win. Um, and Auburn was getting a lot of um, 9.8s or 9.8s. You know, they've done much better than that in the past. And so when you consider the fact that this is a tournament setting where they have two meets so close together, you start to see fatigue and stamina play a factor. And I, I do believe that's part of what happened on um, Saturday. But uh, I think they should they should be very proud of themselves. Um, you know, all of that being said, they have everything to be proud of. Um, you know, SUNY won an individual title in beam and then Darion Goburn finished runner up on floor and bars. Um, that is 
world-class gymnastics right there. Um, and I want to talk about um, Drew Watson. And, you know, she is a senior this year, and she was speaking in the press conference afterwards. And she was just speaking about her message to the team prior to that meet. And she said that she just told them, you know, let loose, have fun, enjoy the experience, soak it all in. Um, and she also said that they were in an interesting situation, right, with really having nothing to lose and everything to be proud of. And I think that statement really summarizes this season for them. You know, as Coach Grebus said, all three teams that Auburn faced on Saturday night were there the year before. Um, there were 18 national championships between those teams, and all of them were ranked in the top four in the preseason polls. Auburn, however, was ranked 14th at the start of the season, and they completely outperformed, as he said, what everyone thought they would. And I think it's impressive when you think about, you know, you start off at number 14, you're underestimated, and it's almost, it's funny because I feel like Auburn, no matter what sport you're talking about, they almost always do better when they're the underdog, um, which is really interesting, but they completely outperformed again, what everyone thought they would. And, you know, even coming in, they, you know, they made it to the Elite Eight. They were still the seventh seat. They were still ranked seventh. So they made it to the Final Four, still being underestimated. So it's it's really incredible, I think, what this season is and um, what they've accomplished. It's historic. And um, it's something that should absolutely be so proud of. And another thing I want to touch on a little bit is um, just sort of the environment. Um, you know, they were in Fort Worth, Texas, and um, there were a lot of Auburn fans that did show up for them, which is really fun. And um, one thing that I have noticed um, in watching gymnastics a lot more this year, uh, maybe than some other years, is gymnastics is so cool in that we get to see this really amazing environment of encouragement. Um, and these girls are so supportive of each other. And it really applies to all the teams that I saw on Saturday. Every single one of them. Um, they were each other's hype. They were their biggest cheerleaders. And if you watch closely, um, one interesting thing about gymnastics is the teams never watch the other team's routines. They look at themselves, they look at their teammates, and they always cheer. Um, and it's a little bit easier to notice when you're um, sort of in those regular season meets with just the two teams. And with four teams, you don't really quite notice it as much. Um, but for the majority of the meets, they don't watch those other teams. They're focused on themselves. They're focused on their routines, their teammates. And I think it creates a really amazing environment. And, you know, again, like I said, they always cheer for each other, even if it doesn't go well, even if she makes a mistake, they're still there for each other as a team. And there's always support coming from those sides. And I think, you know, women have this unique way of showing support for each other. And, you know, I do realize it's a bit of a stereotype to say, but uh, it's true, right? Like women like to show our emotions a little bit more. We're a little bit more vocal about um, what we feel. And we sort of hold those more on, on the outside. And with this, you know, because of that, you get to see this beautiful sense of camaraderie and it just creates such a unique atmosphere, different from anything else, um, any other sport, in my opinion. Um, and I think this team really 
we've talked about the Auburn family a lot this semester, and I feel like this team embodies what it is to be a part of the Auburn family. Um, what it means to exhibit sportsmanship, what it means to exhibit hard work, having each other's backs no matter what. Um, it's really beautiful to watch. And I think, again, they have everything to be proud of. And um, Sophie Groth said something really interesting. She said, people came to watch SUNY and they stayed for Auburn Gymnastics. I think that's a great summary of what happened this season. You know, you have an Olympic gymnast who won the gold coming to little Auburn, Alabama, and people just want to see her, right? They, they show up and it's so cool. She's an Olympian. That's amazing. And then they realize, wow, like gymnastics is actually really fun to watch. And, and you see this fan base that started to grow. And this is a really young team. You know, you're looking forward. Um, these girls are young. They are talented and they have tasted what it's like to be close to the top and they will come back hungry next year. Um, you listen to any of the girls in the press conferences after this game, or sorry, after this um, match, and they they are hungry. They are ready to come back next year even stronger. And I think they've gotten past this sort of mental block of, oh, I don't know. Can we do it? Are we capable? They're past that. And as Coach Graba said, they are ready to rewrite the history books for Auburn Gymnastics. And it's going to be very fun to watch. All right, guys, that is going to wrap it up for us today. Thank you guys so much for listening and for your support. As always, if you like our content, make sure to um, share it with your friends, talk about it with people. We um, always appreciate word of mouth and always, um, you know, if you want to see more of our content, we post daily on social media and our website. So go check that out. Thank you guys so much for listening and we'll see you guys next week.